Hey y'all, hey. Hey girl, hey. Hey girl, hey. Uh, hey ladies, it's, it's been a while. Hey. It's been a long time, y'all. It's been a long time. We back. Where y'all been at? We back in full effect. We, that's now? okay. We're we're here now. That's what matters. Okay, life was lifing. We empowered we're through the uh, uh, pandemic, panoramic. The brink of World War Three. Yeah, <laughs> we didn't done some things since the last time we was here. Yeah, extra yeah. family members, less family members. We didn't done it all. You, we that's, have. That's true. That's we true. Have. That's but true. we still here, y'all. We are still still kicking, here. still kicking. Because you know what? This is sex is important. Okay, it is. this is it sex is. is important. This might be the only place people getting some sex. Well, I mean, for some of us, for some of us, this is, you know, it's like this is the only time we get to say it, spell it, write it. I mean, and this is like group sex. It, you know what? The it only is. Thing that would make this better is if it was like I don't know, scratch and sniff or something like that. Mm. Right. Feel like you know, me. but because the people would, yeah. the people will like would enjoy our facial expressions. Because some y'all don't know, sometimes <laughs> we be still looking at each other like, uh, okay. You know, I think you know, at some point in this in this new iteration of this is sex, we need to ask the people: Do they want to see the women behind? Do they want to see the aunties behind this is sex? Do they want to really? Join? Because because we are aunting. You know what I'm now, saying? Wait a minute, wait a minute, let's go back. But let's go back. Remember, I said I was a big cousin. Now, my bestie did tell me, no, girl, you actually an auntie. You, uh, you, <laughs> you ain't never been a big cousin, girl. You use an auntie with the rest you of being it. being a cousin is like me trying to be a big sister. It's just not going to work. Oh, my God. It's just not. It's not. And I'm saying that as I approach a milestone birthday. I was trying to hang on to that big, big cousin, big cousin. It's, it's okay to be an auntie though, because what we bring is so much experience, sort of, kind of, maybe, yeah. uh, good, bad, and ugly, ugly, and indifferent. So, but that's okay. That's it. this. This is a good place to be. It feels good to be back. Feels good to be here doing the things. Yeah, I missed y'all. I'm so glad. You know, a new season, a new topics, new shenanigans. Yep, it's uh, it's all it's all in here. It's yeah, all in I'm here. If you know what, I think because it's been a while, right? And there may be people who are new to us, new to this is sex. Before we talk about, because I got something good I want to talk about. But before mm-hmm. we talk about it, I think it could be helpful to just remind them of who the fuck we are. Oh. All right. Okay, go tell us who you are. Who you? Who are you, lead lady? Well, I was gonna let one of y'all go first, but I say I'm Valen Alford. I'm in Durham, North Carolina. I'm a clinical social worker. Uh, I'm a maternal mental health expert. Uh, what else? Sex, sex therapist. Sex therapist. Sex educator. Okay. All, all right. All the things, your mental, maternal, emotional, sexual, all of that, all of that. I love it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And so that's, that's me. That's me. Who who are y'all? How did I, who are are y'all? Well, I'm Dr. J. Um, I am a public health practitioner and academician. I'm a sexual health educator, 
Um, I am an avid, avid reader of erotica. Um, I like a little bit of erotica. You mean like Zane? You know, you if, you like want, if you want to get some smut, you know, I got a little bit in the can for you. Um, and I work in all things related to HIV, STI, education, treatment, prevention, um, and anything mm -hmm. having to do with adolescent sexual health and women's sexual health issues. Oh, girl. You sound like somebody back in the day. Right? Right? I wish I had, I wish I had some, some theme music, you know, like that. Jay let, me, let me reintroduce myself. My name is Ho, bitch. Oh. Right. That's, not me. That's not me. Okay. That's not me. So, um, so I, I'm, I'm Dr. Simpson. Um, I am a OBGYN, board certified OBGYN out of Southern California. Board certified. Yes. Certified. Don't go to nobody who ain't certified. Certified. Okay. Um, who, uh, who's also a sex educator. Um, I am a mom of two, uh, two very small little people. Mm. So that just means I'm tired all the damn time. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't get to read anything, but the smut Dr. J puts out, but you know, um, let's see what else. Uh, I cuss a lot. I think, I think I could probably cuss the most out of all of us. Yeah. I like that the most about you. Yeah, yeah, you're fouling the towel on that one. <laughs> we're close. We're close. We're close. We're close. Um, yeah, that's. I mean, I think that's it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm your resident vagina expert. There you go. Okay. There you go. Wow, it's a lot. You're of welcome if you're new to us. The vagina, the vulva, all of it. All, all of it. All of it. All, of it. All, of it. all around it. In, out, up, down, up, you know, all of it. Yeah. You know what? I mean, that, that was a perfect segue because what I wanted to talk to y'all about is this whole notion of like reproductive rights, right? Like, you know, I feel like it's always sort of shrouded in like access to abortion. And that is definitely important, right? Like mm -hmm. whether you, you know, are, are, your right to an abortion is your right to an abortion. And that's under attack in our country, as we know. Right. And I wanted to expand the conversation around reproductive justice in general. Like mm -hmm. what mm -hmm. the hell is it? Right. You know, and and why does it matter, especially for us as like black women, mm. black sexuality educators? But like, I think there's just a lot to unpack there. Yeah. And, you know, I think that one of the things that we bring a unique um, perspective on when it comes to reproductive rights, reproductive justice is that intersection of race regardless of socioeconomic status because oftentimes when we talk about access to um abortion it's it's always shrouded in a you know we're talking about marginalized communities and really what occurred last year with the overturning of Roe v Wade what we found out is it's it's not just the the conversation of can you have an abortion? It's the right to have a child or not to have a child and the right to, if you choose to have a child, to have safe, equal access to medical treatment. 
whatever that looks like for your particular situation. And right now, it just seems that all reproductive rights are up for negotiation, for banning, for, you know, all the things. Um, I think you talked about um, access to contraception last year when you saw that in some areas, condoms and other prophylactic barrier methods are locked up. Girl, it still pisses me off. But I think that's what makes the conversation scary, right? Is, is, you know, we, you, you, we had Roe v. Wade overturned, which was such a cornerstone for reproductive rights. It was what we built all these other um, safety nets on. And now that's gone. Things like contraception are threatened. Things like just your, your, your autonomy and being able to make a decision about your own body. Right. And then when you, you know, so we talk about contraception, we talk about the right to have a child or not, or have it, you know, in a safe environment. But then we talk, we add into that whole conversation of reproductive justice, comprehensive sexual health education, which here in Texas for the first time, and I don't know how many years, we have now approved abstinence plus, but parents have to opt in, schools have to opt in. And, you know, it's, it's so many reproductive health issues, particularly for women that have become politicized, Mm -hmm. that have been used for social capital. Um, And it's, it's really disheartening that when you throw all of that in the bucket together, it's still a very heteronormative conversation Mm -hmm. on who can access, when they can access, where they can access, you know, and the, the conversation is just becoming so scary when we think of what we are really offering and providing our young adults. Snap, snap. It, it feels like we're on a, <laughs> we're on a steamroll of rolling backwards. Like, yeah. you know, so, so many things are being undone and undermined. And it's just like, you know, I'm thinking about... Um, Zaya Wade, because I think it was just in the news Mm -hmm. the other day that um, she was able to have her gender and I think gender and name changed Uh and how, I mean... I mean, well, I'm talking about it, but just, you know, how like, people yeah. have been, you know, expressing their opinions. And I mean, it, I think because so many things are conflated with reproductive justice um, that, you know, I, I don't know, but it's just like at the end of the day, I feel like reproductive justice is about people having a say so in terms of what happens with their bodies and what mm-hmm. they do with it. And mm-hmm. it's just like. A lot of people are concerned about what other people are doing to the point where they're trying to mute people and, you know, putting people, putting people's livelihood at risk. So it's just, it's really concerning. I think, especially when it comes to abortion, but just in general with people's health, I just, the question I always ask myself is, why am I all in your exam room? Why am I all in your conversations with your doctor? I don't know you, ain't met you. Like, I just, I don't understand how anybody, mm-hmm. anybody can can say to somebody, I don't know you, your health, your life, yes. nothing. Yes. But yet I'm going to, I'm going to force decisions on you. Doesn't make sense. There's this meme I saw, which I, I think I've posted on 
my socials before, but it says something along the lines of just because I'm pro-choice doesn't mean I'm pro-abortion. What it means is I agree with your right to choose. I agree that your choice is none of my fucking business. Yep. Which is, I think is so telling because I don't have to, I don't have to have like the same your choice, want, yeah, I don't have to agree with your choice. My job is to protect the fact that you have a choice. Exactly. exactly. And I don't understand why anybody, anybody doesn't get that. Well, I mean, when we talk about what that looks like, particularly for Black women, Black women have never really, from the, from the inception have really never had all the rights within this country. Right. So if you think about it, being a wet nurse, but mm-hmm. you can't go to a hospital, we're having our babies in the fields and, you know, all those things, we've never really had those, we're not going to talk about sexual assault and violence. We've, we've never fully experienced those rights as our majority counterparts anyway right so now when you look at 2023 it's it is shocking to me that some of those same you know white counterparts are the main ones kind of like yeah yeah like we don't we, we we don't want those. We don't want those reps. And I'm, it, it just makes it, me raise an eyebrow. It's funny that you say that, right? Because you 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 take it back all the way to history, where you know we are, you know, birthing babies. Mm-hmm. We are feeding babies that aren't ours, right? Mm-hmm. But abortion laws were. I will go out on the limb and say, very very specifically designed to prevent and control the population of the minority, right? Mm-hmm. So it's okay for us to feed your babies, take care of your babies, you know, raise your children, but we shouldn't have any of our own. And, yeah. and that's the problem is what we, when you look at after Roe v. Wade and you look at the communities that are affected, right? It's poor, mm-hmm. rural, mm-hmm. unfortunately communities that, that tend to be brown and black and indigenous mm-hmm. that are mm-hmm. all out in the outskirts of the world who already were having a hard enough time Exactly. getting care as it is. And now we've limited it so much. And I'm sorry, tell people saying, oh, well, just get them birth control. Bitch, we couldn't get them doctors. Right. <laughs> so we can't get right. them and doctors. We, we don't even, you right. know, insurance formularies that don't pay for birth control. Right. Like they pay for Viagra, like oh, yeah. they pay for other things. So it's just like, we still, we're uninsured, we're underinsured, we're people of color, or all those marginalized things. And then we still see, even at the highest socioeconomic status, use an example like Serena Williams, we still have challenges when it comes to accessing quality care and being taken and seen as an important patient. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. And I think it goes back like we have like these overt examples of, um, you know, like where slave women were used for the father of gynecology. I think, you know, some people have tried to, you know, reclaim the term and talk about these three women in particular who are the mothers of gynecology because Mm -hmm. like, you know, this guy. 
Uh, right. So he was just, you know, testing procedural methods on them without any, you know, pain medicine perfected that. I mean, you know, Dr. Simpson, you can correct me, but perfected this on these enslaved women who, you know, couldn't consent just by nature of the authority of a slave master relationship, even though, you know, he kind of wrote about or he said that, you know, they wanted to help and maybe they did. But, you know, it's just like. Right. Well, so we there's confusion. I, I, I'm just going to say there's confusion, I, I guess, because a lot of people don't know the story of those three women. If you don't, you really should go look up the, the father of gynecology and the three um, names associated with him. Because I think I've heard people say, oh, they, you know, they, they should be celebrated right there with, with him because, you know, they, you know, they were brave. No, they were tortured. Mm-hmm. Yep. They were not, they were not part of a site, you know, they were not voluntary participants in a science, you know, scientific experiment. They were there tortured. was no informed consent going on. Right. They were tortured. And so it, it, it starts all the way back then. Yeah. Since our inception in this country. And then what is just even more disheartening is after all that was done for years, we couldn't even access the treatment and care of which we were subject to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And taking it beyond that, so we're talking about, you know, having babies, pregnancies, but, you know, there's all this control to to minimize it, like to the point of like, now when you get like on this, this grayer area of sort of like where I find myself and a lot of my friends, late thirties, single, personally, I mean, I will share with y'all and the rest of the world who listens to us. Like I'm in a space where I don't really, I'm not, I don't really care to birth a biological child. I feel like I have Mm -hmm. in my, my, uh, my seasoned auntie-ness, I know that I have mothered, you know, black women in the community. Like I have mothered without birthing and maybe because of the work that I do, I don't feel that birthing would make make me a more solidified caretaker. Mm-hmm. So I'm okay. But also, I also am having this little mental thing because I'm like, okay, you're in your late 30s. You, you've you never been pregnant. So I don't even know if like the shit works and it just, you know, like, <laughs> so I had my annual a couple of weeks ago. So, and I think my doctor and I is around the same age. I think she could be my home if she wasn't my doctor, because I'm pretty sure she's probably same age, you no know, same situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, she could be featured on This Is X. So mm-hmm. I, we chopping it up, and I'm like, I think I want to go ahead and get the referral. You know, I've shared here before. You know, I've like yeah. dealt with PCOS and stuff. So I'm like, I think I want to just see fertility, a fertility doctor to see like, are the eggs expired, corroded? Do they is it only like two of them, and they sitting there like, is it exactly? prices to get to $12 before we come right I'm going through the motions because I don't want to be 45 and be like man I probably should have looked into this a while ago so I'm just more or less like I'm an options person so -hmm. that's where I am but you know I remember like I mean so there a lot of my friends some we're in the same age group people are looking into like freezing eggs and um you know fertility specialists and stuff like that and it's like one it's ridiculously expensive. And my friends, most of my friends, we happen to be like very well educated, good job. Like they don't make us more black excellence than the next person. But right. I'm saying with even within our demographic, it mm-hmm. still is out of reach for a lot of us. Yep. So I think about the larger community where I juxtapose this with the fact 
fact that a lot of maternal health care in general is covered by Medicaid. So I don't know if Medicaid is covering fertility treatment, but I know we got good jobs and good insurance, right? And it's in, you know, and some of us, like my friend, she works in pharma, her company will pay like up to 15000 My company was like, check your insurance, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> Pray on me, girl. We got we got you for the baby shower. Okay, pray (laughs) on that and see what they're gonna do for you, make it shake. But it's like accessibility to when you want to choose to have a baby. You know, on the one end, it's taking away these options to maybe terminate a pregnancy or whatever. But even to to have a baby, right? Like when it was for the purpose of like chattel slavery, y'all had no problem. Mm Y'all had no problem helping us sending in books making shit happen but when it's for because we choose to for our own reproductive justice now i gotta call blue cross and blue shield see what they cover (laughs) on it it might not even just about it being accessible it's like is it accessible is it appropriate you know for what your situation is you know is it affordable and is it really um in it being accessible is it even realistic mm-hmm. like i can tell you um your insurance covers it on wednesdays between this time and this time you know or i'm trying to get my my uh maternal health visits with my community doctor but i got to ride 13 bus to get there they close early i'm already working two jobs who going to keep the babies while mm-hmm. i'm you know it's all these other things that go along with accessibility that we don't really address you know we just say oh they they got extended hours on wednesdays yeah okay but if i if, if i still have a transportation issue or a child care issue or a senior care issue or, you know, I'm a caregiver to somebody else who's going to, we don't even think about all of those things. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I, that's why, I, 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 at least for me, that's why it's so important when you're talking about reproductive justice and taking away what some people may say, oh, we're just eliminating abortion. Like, abor-, you know, we have other things that we can do. We can, we can help you not get pregnant. It's such a, it's such a, it's such a, um, like a rock that you throw into the, into the, into the lake and all these waves get made. Mm -hmm. It's not just, you can't get an abortion because I can't get an abortion, which I also can't get easy, easy access to contraception, any, any type. Yeah. They're not even available. They're not even available. And then if I get pregnant, right. I, now I can't get an abortion. Um, but if I, you know, Oh, and but I, so now I gotta have a baby, but I can't get to the doctor. So now I'm labeled a terrible parent because I don't get to the doctor. I don't make my appointments. I don't take the medication I'm supposed to take. So I don't have the money to pay for it. Like it, there's so much, like like you said before, that comes along with it. You can't just take one, you know, one card out of the bottom of the house and expect the house to still stand. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's what a lot of people who are focused on the abortion part fail yeah. to understand. You don't, have to, you don't have to like abortion, but understand what taking away abortion does. Yeah. And then when you bring in women who have a desire to not have a child at all, we label them as what's wrong with you and mm-hmm. why don't you, you're not a real woman. Um, we're not dealing with any of the other 
issues that go along with, well, maybe she tried and she couldn't and she finally accepted it. Or maybe she had a bad experience growing up. Maybe she just really doesn't want to have no dang on kids because it's enough kids in the world. I mean, there's all these other things that then we become so judgmental of. And like I said earlier, you know, and it still is a very heteronormative conversation because it completely removes our transgender men and our transgender women that also would need reproductive health services mm -hmm. in the larger scale like we just we, we not even want to deal with that y'all can't play sports and and y'all ain't gonna get no no we can't even say the word in school that's all they're getting so we um we just kind of focus on the negative aspect for some communities and then for other communities we rah-rah shishaboom ball them and I just I, it just doesn't make sense to me at all you know it, what? it would make sense if people were consistent but like you said they're not You're, they're not people are not consistent across communities it's okay for you know Karen to have an access to an abortion because Karen is going to go to college and Karen's gonna you know she's she's make gonna something of herself right but you know Shamika can't. Shamika needs to have an abortion because Shamika, I mean, I mean, we don't want no more of those. <laughs> right? It's like, and while you're playing, you know, Shamika should probably be sterilized while we add it because we already did had a conversation with her and told her not to get pregnant. But since she did, but since now she we did, need to, we need to just have a whole different later level yeah. of conversation with her. But it's so deep and messed up. But when you were talking, Dr. J, it made me think of a conversation I had with a, someone I would say is a, well, he got demoted from a friend, I'm going to say an acquaintance, but <laughs> we were, I was, I was saying, you know, I recently made an appointment, you know, I'm going to a fertility doctor to see what's what, and he was like, you really going to have a baby at 40? I think there is so much stigma this is like maybe a branch off on tangent down like a back alley but mm -hmm. I think in in the reproductive justice like the pathology of like single black women with no children like mm -hmm. it, it's just it's a real like you know like why are you single and then like why yeah why don't you have kids and then now it's morphed into why would you have kids this old and it's like well yeah. Like when we can use Rihanna as an example. I'm sorry, Rihanna. So the conversation after her, well, dang, did she just have a baby? She richer than God. But <laughs> so what she could have had a baby yesterday and decided today I'm going to have another. It, there, oh, it, it's such a weird, her. it's such a weird, like, so I follow this um very prominent black, like fashion and makeup blogger online and she is partnered she's not married but she has a long-term partner they live together um and she has repeatedly said right we are okay mm -hmm. not having any children mm -hmm. we are my goal is to live the life that I was never given as a child, a life of luxury mm -hmm. and to showcase that life of luxury to other women of color that you can, you can, you can gallivant around the world. You can wear all the fancy things. You can have all the expensive things mm -hmm. because you are worth that. And the amount of people who are like, I can't believe your life's not complete without a child. And she's like, 
Mm-hmm. We don't I, like it's like if you like if right if you're 25 to 35, you should be married, getting knocked up, having all the babies, unless you're poor, because then you don't be excuse me, have no babies. Poor, black, brown, Hispanic, you know, all of them. You shouldn't be having babies. Then if you're 35 to 40, why aren't you having babies? Why aren't you married? What's wrong with you? If you're mm-hmm. 40, don't have babies because now you're too damn old. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the weirdest mm-hmm. thing that I think is very- Why do y'all care so much? Exactly. You are all up in somebody's uterus that you don't need to be in. Mm-hmm. Like, why do, why do you care so much what decision this person is making? The that doesn't affect you at all. Is that she has the right to make the damn decision. Right, right. I, I was in a, um, I was in an operating room a couple, a couple of weeks ago, um, performing a necessary procedure on a, um, pregnant patient. And I remember the scrub nurse said something along the lines of, um, I thought we don't do that kind of stuff here. And I said, what kind of stuff? And she went on and this person did not understand what we were doing at all, which is, I found really interesting for somebody to be in the operating room, but, um, she was, like, oh, she was like, oh, I, I, I thought this was a termination of pregnancy. It was not nothing, nothing like that, actually. Um, and I said, no. And I said, and quite frankly, we do that stuff here. If a woman walks in here and says, I want a termination, then we do that. Our job is not to make the decision, mm-hmm. make the decision or judge the decision on termination or not. Our job when they come here is to take the best care of them, depending on what their decision is. We don't make their decision for them. And this person looked at me like I had four heads. Mm. And I, and it was, it, it was a reminder to me that even in, in what I consider a very open and mm-hmm. non-judgmental healthcare system, right? People who should know better, who should understand mm-hmm. the importance of quality healthcare don't, mm-hmm. they bring their biases and their, um, well, I was going to say something real fucked up, but they're, you know, their biases, I'm going to just say yeah. their biases into a setting they have no business being in. Yes. Uh, and it reminded me of just lawmakers telling me that if I get pregnant, I have to have a baby. Mm-hmm. Do you know what having a baby is like? First of all, right. do you know what having a baby is like? And second of all, as a tired mm-hmm. mother of two, like, do you understand when you bring a human home that you have to make sure that little motherfucker stays alive for the next mm-hmm. 18 years? Mm-hmm. Like you have to pay for them, you have to feed them, you have to clothe them, you have to- you have But to they don't want to do that either though. They want you to have it and then not give any support or resources. And I don't get it. Like how, and a lot of, the, a lot of these lawmakers have children. So I'm sorry. And a lot if of them you know, have mistresses who have had- Right. The pregnancy. If you, don't, if you don't want children, you should not be forced to have children. Yeah. Whether but it's if you do you want them, then you should be able to have quality. Yes. Medical care, mm-hmm. quality support services. You should have access to them. They should be available to you yeah. on a schedule that is not traditional business hours because not everybody has the ability to just take off from work. So if we're going to say you have to have it, then we also have to provide the support that goes along with being able to have it safely. You can't have it both ways. You can't tell people that your only option once you get pregnant, regardless of the circumstances, is that you're going to have a baby and then go, and we're not going to help you. And Mm -hmm. 
our, you know, our business hours are between eight and four. Hope you get here. Mm-hmm. Oh, you can't. Now you're a bad mom. Now I'm going to put you in jail for not taking care of the baby that you're supposed to. Like, you can't, you can't do it both ways. You can't. And before we even get to that, if we just have some comprehensive sexual health education, we could avoid many of the conversations, again, that have been so politicized and used as social capital for the next candidate coming in. Like, what is the problem with, we can't, we can't say body parts. We can't show how to use a condom on an anatomically correct model. Right. Like what is, so we are setting up a generation for failure. And they're finding out anyway. They're looking yeah, that part. Like, that they part. are looking it up online. Like I, like we, th- you act like, right, right, right. They act like this information about sex is in a book that you have to it's like check up. out. And you got to be like, okay, okay, okay. y'all, the book's here. Like, okay. no, okay. no. I am a legit auntie because I was talking to my sister the other day, you know, they are college graduates and I was talking about encyclopedias and <laughs> this is okay. Okay. Bear with me. I ain't had no good tangent in a minute, but what happened was I was talking about how I didn't get, you know, selected to present at this conference. So mm-hmm. I went on a tangent about having to do a poster. And the last time I did a poster was like in grade school and how everybody didn't have the internet at their house. And we used to have to go to the library, except mm-hmm. for if one of my rich friends had encyclopedias and that's where you would go to get information about stuff. And then if my mom could like either, we could get a copy or go to the drugstore to make a copy or she could get stuff at work. Then mm-hmm. we used to have to clip it out and put it on there. And so my sister was kind of like, and it's like media. I may be an auntie for real, but I'm like, exactly. Like, this shit is out there. These kids got the World Wide Web. They don't even got to watch the Scramble Cinemax no more. Like, exactly. this stuff is out there. Why wouldn't you want them to be informed? And not even children. Why wouldn't you want it to be medically accurate? Yeah. Why wouldn't you want it to be just the best education system ever you know we talk about stem 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 and now they got steam because they added the arts but where in there do we talk about our the one thing that we have ownership of which is our bodies you got these kids doing math that i ain't ever even fucking seen before like they doing some they they doing some out of this world mars math okay (laughs) But I can't tell them you have a vagina. When you have a period, it comes from your uterus. It comes out of your vagina. When you have a period, like you can't say any of that. But I'm supposed to know how to do the square root of 726 minus 12 without a calculator. I just don't understand. I don't understand the correct answer. And I'm tired of seeing that shit on the shade room and those (laughs) websites. I don't don't want I don't get on on social media to, to, to grow my brain like that. I don't want them math problems like that. I just, it's, it's weird, but I mean, but maybe that's some shit that we, that we, it's not for us. That's why we're here. We are here to provide comprehensive, medically accurate and appropriate sex education for the masses. Okay. Inappropriate sometimes. Okay. Totally inappropriate. Okay. (laughs) I mean, the inappropriate shit is how you learn. That's what people eat the meat and potatoes it. That's how I learn. I'm just saying. 
We can talk about just want to be here. Break some beans in the next episode. <laughs> you know, and, 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 hey, maybe we can go there. Maybe we can go there. But you know what? It feels good to be reunited, coming together <sighs> on you know, okay. women's empowerment. Oh, because this is Women's History Month, isn't it? Sorry, it is. Okay. It is. So know, we reclaiming pussies on. all March long. We marching into March. There reclaiming we go. Them. Reclaiming there them. We. Reclaiming them. So I think, you know, this is a good place to stick a pen in it. We're reclaiming pussies for the month of March. There you um, go. Reclaim it. Reclaim it. Don't you have a class or something coming up? I need a plug. You know what? Ma'am, thank you. If you have not signed up for the owning personal pleasure OPP, because I know y'all down with OPP, it starts March starts March fifteenth, and it's going to be virtual. So you can be in Alaska, you can be in China, you can be in you DC, can, LA. You can be in your pajamas, you can be in your drawers, and that's like, what I'm saying. Okay, and you get nice well, of Say that again. How do we sign up? Y'all can sign up. You can go to vitalityfulfilled.com. If you follow me on social media, the links are in my bio. All you have to do is sign up. It's a quick little form. And then um, I will contact you, do a brief consultation. Classes start on the 15th. It's six weeks, $45 a session. Come holler at me and get your libido on. There you go. Reclaim it in 2023. Reclaim it. Yes. And y'all know all of our, all of our socials are going to be, you know, that's where you can find all of us. Most of us, I think all of us are on Instagram most yes. of the time. So like, can, follow, share, comment. Yeah, this is sex. This sex podcast has an Instagram. We have an Instagram. Go find us. Talk to us. Yeah, let us know. OPP. Yes. And you know, you know me. Yeah, you know me. You know me. You know me. Sorry. Yeah. All right, y'all. That this is another episode of This, this is, is Sex. Sex.